You know him, didn't you? Then you had that one little feeling. But you waved it away. You should have listened to that one little feeling. Hey everybody, Just welcome back to the Lug Doll Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com, photo, video, digital media production. Today we are discussing the little things. 2011, 2021, not 2011, film directed, written by John Lee Hancock. Um, we know John Lee Hancock from a few different movies. Um, I've only seen a very long time ago, The Rookie 2002. Uh, obviously, The Blind Side was a big hit uh, in some people's households. 2019. Um, did not see Saving Mr. Banks, The Founder. Did hear decent things about The Founder. Um, I think that was about the McDonald's uh scheming that was kind of going on behind the, uh, the surface with uh, Michael Keaton starring as Ray Kroc. Um, uh, I did not see Highwaymen or The Alamo 2004-2019. Um, I saw maybe bits and pieces of The Highwaymen, but uh, honestly I was like, eh, it didn't sound that interesting and it went straight to Netflix, so there's that automatic stigma of before covid of things going straight to streaming just wasn't as high quality. So um, that's not necessarily the case now. And I think with television at the point it's at, um, that's obviously definitely not the case. Um, but is that the case with The Little Things? The Little Things is actually um, starring, uh, what is it? Don, Don, uh, Denzel Washington. Everyone knows Denzel from everything from, uh, you know, training day to, uh, what was it? Remember the Titans to, you know, two guns to, uh, fences. He's done, he's done too many movies, Malcolm X, too many movies to name off the top of my head that, um, we would want to go over, but the dude has so much range. He can essentially do no wrong. Uh, what is he an, is he an Oscar, um, nominated i'm sure if he hasn't already won i'm let me see yeah best uh supporting and um academy award winner that type of thing you know he's a charismatic guy and he can do very little wrong um so he's also accompanied by rami malik and He's this other individuals advertised on the poster as well, so it's not really like a, a like a cameo or anything like that. It's uh, Jared Leto as well. So the notorious Jared Leto, the inquisitive Rami Malek, and the charismatic uh, Denzel Washington. You know what can they come up with with this uh, interesting neo noir crime thriller written by John Lee Hancock? Um, let's talk about the, the premise real quick before I kind of go into my feelings of this movie, um, and the pros and the cons and, uh, everything in between set in 1990s, Los Angeles, the film follows two detectives who investigate a string of murders who lead them on, who lead them to a strange loner who may be a culprit, AKA possibly Jared Leto. Um, it also stars, the film stars Chris Bauer and Michael Hyatt, Terry Kinney, and Natalie Morales. Um, 
released in the end of January the 29th on HBO's streaming service, which was also part of the streaming services plan to roll out like uh, a movie for a month per um, for whatever the deal was on HBO Max that led to all this fallout. Um, well, I mean, I don't think I would have seen the little things if it was in theaters, unfortunately. Um, it just wasn't my cup of tea in the way that it was being advertised. I think it only got like 47% on Rotten Tomatoes at this point. And it's not like that would have been the one-all, be-all navigator. But there was nothing about this film that really felt like it was uh, exciting me to go see it in theaters, especially in a pandemic. So that's definitely not going to happen. So seeing it on HBO Max was probably the only way that I was going to see it. Like it says on uh, Wikipedia, it seems that there's been mixed reviews from many critics who's praised the direction, the performances, the atmosphere, which I wouldn't even give it all that. I think that maybe it has a little bit of dread to it, but to be honest, um, in comparison to movies such as like uh, Zodiac, Prisoners, um, uh, Once a, Along Came a Spider or whatever, I, wasn't that with Morgan Freeman? Um, and then we have Seven. It, it's just like there's so many different movies that feel like they've done it slightly better. And from what I hear is this was written by John Lee Hancock. Um, I'm not sure if he did the screenplay, but um, I'm guessing he did. He wrote it. But it feels so... It's It's rooted in the 90s, and it feels like it's still in the 90s. Like they didn't update the thing at all. And so... It's to the, almost to a laughable point, in my opinion, that they're doing and saying things that we've seen done in earlier movies and now mocked, and now they're trying to bring it back. It's like there's so much stuff that we're that we're having to, uh, I don't know what to uh, describe it as, but it it feels almost uh, as predictable of a film as it probably could have been with with this sort of set of circumstances. Let me see if I can find uh, uh Yeah, yeah. David Fincher essentially he didn't rip off this movie at all, but what from what I can hear is this movie was um this movie was um made after the little things was created uh, or written or whatever like that. So you could technically say that the little things was before that, but from the script, the script is so dry. The script is dry in a way that they try to have the the characters say witty witty things, and they're kind of like what I call is like ping pong dialogue. Like the dialogue is so fast, like you can't even keep up with what they're saying, and. I think The Social Network was a great example of that with another David Fincher film um, in the way that they were uh, they would talk back and forth. I think it was Rooney Mara and uh, Jesse Eisenberg. They had excellent dialogue when it was coming back to... Like, the, the type of things that they were saying were interesting and the, the dialogue sounds smart. This doesn't, unfortunately, sound like were progressing any of the character development at all. I, To be honest, 
when you're introduced to these characters, which I feel like there's next to very there's very little introduction to them as as people, I guess. I I, I guess just showing things and showing objects and showing uh, a cross on somebody or just showing them that they acknowledge religion does not make that a religious person especially if you like i don't think that the character development this in this movie is what really is um hurting the majority of this i i think that what the little things the little things is is a movie that is wrapped up so hard into trying to uh craft uh a different and unique kind of crime story that is supposed to be uh, involved with the two detectives to the point where it's kind of making them go a little bit psycho, a little bit psychologically like unstable and crazy, maybe a little bit to the point of I, I haven't seen Zodiac in a very long time, but I think that they start to, you know, mentally, mentally, I think that they are trying to get the detectives to go to a point of like. You know, we got to do anything to get this guy. You know, it's it's getting to that point of uh, uh, stress. But this movie has a tension problem, and it has tension in scenes, but it doesn't have tension that flows over to the next scene, which makes me feel like it's almost an editing problem in itself as well. So there's a there's a number of things that I, I'm going to kind of compare this to like a, a a car of some sort. Now, when I say I don't like, I'm not a fan of how this film's edited. I've gone and looked at the editing of this film. Uh, Robert Frazen, and he was an editor on a couple of things I actually did like, actually recently too. I'm thinking of ending things was not a movie I was extremely crazy about, but I did feel like the editing in that movie was very uh, specific and particular to every single part of the scene. I felt like the little things was almost like, um, like a combination of like, oh my gosh, this there's nothing happening in this scene, so we got to cut to like ten different shots. Um, but I've seen this editor in other things, so I. Uh, th I'm thinking of ending things might be the only thing I've actually seen him in, but I did like that movie and I just wanted to be, um, upfront about that, that it's not like I wasn't crazy about, like he was on point break and shit like that. I, I liked point break in 91 assistant editor, Catherine Bigelow. Like he's worked on other movies that I've liked. Uh, I don't know about Indiana. Oh, last crusade. Yeah. Um, there's definitely movies that this editor has worked on. So I just want to be clear that when I'm kind of pointing at the editing in this, but there was a sh the, the first shot that I I realized. Okay, so let me just break it out for anybody that has not seen the film and wants to, you know, uh, leave us here. Do you, Should you watch the movie? This is kind... This movie is a good lesson in what you should probably focus on in... A movie when you're crafting it this feels like an unfinished movie from a script standpoint and it came to the production uh to, to post-production and they were trying to editing it and they're like all right uh, is it uh a neo-noir like uh, a david fincher film slow and you know trot pacing or 
is it a psychological thinker or you know what kind of movie is this and to be honest i don't think it knows what it wants to be and it needs another rewrite of just kind of exploring who these characters are and with the revelations like they're trying to have you know this big twist at the end uh, the big twist is not like more more or less revelatory it felt kind of somewhat predictable and a little bit like unnecessary unnecessary to the plot it's like oh okay it's not like an oh okay it's more like an oh okay i guess that happened um but almost unfazing to the rest of the plot like um basically i think this is a good lesson in how you could improve this movie i think that this movie could there there could have been additional scenes there could have been a rewrite in the writing phase that would have updated this movie made it a little bit less predictable and made the characters more likable i think this had thomas newman who is uh he's done tons of things he's shawshank redemption uh what is it? Wally's, uh, Skyfall. I mean, tons of fucking 1917. I love this this dude's uh, work. He's done a lot, and I didn't feel like they really utilized his uh, capabilities to the most full effect. And I felt like that once again because of the editing. They the supporting cast is just like it feels somewhat of uh, you know saying that. They're really good for having them on television sounds demeaning or demoralizing, but I feel like um, there's some characters that you could just feel that, you know, they were reading off a script or this was, this was like the fourth take that they have done or something like that. It didn't feel natural, and I don't know if that comes off from it's a little bit of the acting, a little bit of the directing. I'm not really sure, but that was just me. I, just some scenes in some uh lines just did not sound uh you know well spoken in my opinion so once again um i think there was room for improvement in this movie on a budget of 30 million yeah it's pretty slim but i mean you're gonna have to keep it slim these days um let me see what else we need to know okay so i think we're going to talk into oh did i, did I give pros and cons i kind of did i basically said i like the casting for the most part um but uh the things that i really didn't like was well casting and maybe like tonal tonal direction like i felt like i thought i know what kind of tone they were going for but i wasn't like dreading anything like there's all the movies that i listed at the beginning of this review i felt i had uh, a better grasp on tension and dread and most of it became it came down to because we understood the characters a lot more. And I just felt like I didn't connect with a lot of these characters, even though I'm drawn to these characters as actors. So, um, so yeah, the casting was, and the music was the things that I liked. Things I wasn't too crazy about, before we get into spoilers, things I wasn't too crazy about were um, the writing. Like I said, it feels like it all came from one mind. I felt like everybody was talking as if they had read off, read the script and they didn't have any meaning to the things that they were saying there was only a couple of characters i felt like they were like they didn't feel like they were reading fresh off a script um it did feel predictable i felt like half of the things they were doing were from earlier uh crime movie tropes and stuff like that we've seen done better in other movies they need some more originality with this movie um 
and the pacing is weird. Some of the times it feels like there's like high tension and uh, dread, but other times it just feels like we're watching like a, a really high budget Law and Order. Um, let's see, editing is noticeably not that great when he's getting in the car uh, at the beginning of the movie. So this was. This is not really spoiler at all. It's just like he's getting in a car. The uh, Denzel's getting in a car after he's petting a dog for like two seconds. And when he's doing that, the camera takes maybe eight different shots to show him getting into a car. And I wasn't really sure what we what it was telling us. You know what? You know what it's kind of feeling right now? Is that they already had Thomas Newman's musical edit into what was going on. And they didn't have time for him to go back and do more or something like that. Because it feels like the pacing at the beginning was not in, tonal, in tone with what was going on. Because I feel like they should have had this you know, fast talking kind of uh, editing and stuff like that. But the music was telling me otherwise. So... I, I do feel like it was almost like being in a car that was a, a, someone that had just got a, a a nice car, you know, not not too nice of a car. We got a nice car and it was manual and they didn't know how to drive it, so we were just like went straight to third, um, third shift. So I felt like we were just like driving in third shift the entire time watching this movie, because it just felt like something wasn't quite right with what was going on, cooking behind the scenes of what was what everybody was on the page with doing, like. The cinematography and Thomas Newman on the music both felt like dread and, uh, you know, kind of dramatic tension building. But in other scenes, it felt like there was just a, a, a flat drama, like a flat drama, like a PG-13 flat drama. Um, so, yeah. Uh, let me see. Let me see. All right. So let's talk about the plot real quick. What are we, 17 minutes in? And if you want the full review, be sure to check out patreon.com slash Podcast. You'll be able to get all of the podcasts early. You'll be able to get them um, mastered. You're going to have all of the podcasts archived. You're going to have all of the access to VIP, depending on which tier you want to be on. Um, but yes, all of that helps support the Lucky Dog Podcast. We cannot do this podcast without your support. Thank you, and check out all the links below for anything else uh, additional for reaching us at Lucky Dog Podcast. Once again, we stream live on Twitch. We are uh, posting our content on YouTube, SoundCloud, Patreon is the best way to uh, reach us. We also have a Discord just to hang out with everybody. Sometimes we talk about, you know, side things, uh, you know, in investing and stuff like that. Nothing too crazy, nothing official. It's all just, like, uh, small stuff. And, uh, yeah, we, uh, gaming, we talk about all types of stuff. Um, check us out on the links on there. So, yeah, we are going to talk about the plot right now. <laughs> 